Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I am here to bring you the preview show for this weekend's upcoming Bundesliga match between Bayern Munich and Bayer Leverkusen. And I got to be honest, this one looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. The two top teams in the league squaring off right after an international break. Uh, you really can't ask for much more than that if you are a Bundesliga fan. And it it just feels like forever since we've had a league game. And I know that last league match for Bayern Munich fans was not so memorable. It was obviously the defeat to Eintracht Frankfurt, which left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. But in the end, it's one of those games that a team will experience over the course of the season. So I wouldn't put too much weight into that loss. But let's kick things off by looking at the recent form of both teams of course, the first and second place teams in the league, they sit atop the table. Uh, Bayern Munich and Bayer Leverkusen are both 5-1-1. One one. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen has 20 goals for, 7 against. Bayern Munich has 24 goals for, and also 7 against. Uh, each team is 4-1 in their last five games. Of course, Bayern Munich dropped a heartbreaking 2-1 decision to Eintracht Frankfurt in their last match, which, as I previously stated, left some fans unsettled, uh, probably a little prematurely. I don't think that there's really too much to worry about after one loss, but still, uh, Bayern Munich fans do not like to lose to anyone. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen, on the other hand, steamrolled into the international break with a 4-0 victory over Armenia Bielefeld. Uh, Leverkusen's only loss to this point was a 4-3 loss back on September 10th to Borussia Dortmund. So obviously this is a very good Leverkusen side. Uh, they're young, they're exciting, they're quick, uh, and they have a lot of dynamic players. And, and one of those players who I think um, really is has not just been the standout performer for his team uh, so far into the season, but he's really kind of broken through in the league. And everyone, of course, knew that Florian Verts was a great prospect. I mean, this is it's no secret. He's been a talent in Germany for quite a while. Uh, he's been recognized as one of the players that has the potential to lead that next generation of German players internationally. So it's no shock that Verts is is breaking through and really showing his talent. But at the rate he's doing so, I think has really impressed a lot of people. And it's caused Verts to really get a lot of attention, uh, not just from fans, but also from other clubs. So obviously we've seen a lot of stories already linking Verts to Bayern Munich, among other clubs. Uh, basically any club with deep pockets will be looking to bring this kid in because he is that good. The problem for any club that wants him at least as of now, is that it does not look like he's going anywhere until at least 2023, which is probably a good move for him. It's not that he lacks the talent to play at a big club, but I like the thought process of kind of taking things slowly, building up that aura, building up that confidence so that when you do make that move and if you leave Leverkusen, you're going to do so and you're going to be ready for the new environment, the new atmosphere that you're going to be in. You're not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. I mean, ideally for me, I'd love to see a kid like Verts stay at Bayer Leverkusen and help them build a juggernaut. 
unfortunately with the way world football goes these days, it does not look like that would, it, it does not look like there's any chance that that's going to happen. So, uh, you know, it's very unfortunate, but Verts is of course, just one of the stars of this squad. Also Patrick Schick, who was one of the standout performers, performers from the Euros this summer, obviously Schick is, a, is a very talented striker uh, one that can score against anyone. And at 25, he is entering the prime of his career. So, uh, a very formidable front line for Leverkusen. And, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention players like Musa Diaby, uh, Kareem Darambre, uh, Kareem Bellarabi. I mean, there are just so many players. Nadim Amiri, uh, it, it, you could go on and on with the depth and the talent that Leverkusen has. Now, granted, Let's be honest, it's not quite the same level of talent or quite the same level of depth as Bayern Munich, but this is a very good team. Uh, where I think they do have some weaknesses in, on the back line, uh, not a big fan of Jonathan Ta. I think he's, uh, I think for a long time he was overrated. And now that, you know, we've seen Hansi Flick have a couple of cycles now to um, select center backs, defenders for the German national team, Ta has been left out. Uh, of the mix. And, you know, it's one of those things. He could be one of those players that maybe it was a bit too much too soon for him. He was very highly regarded and heralded even a year, year and a half ago, but uh, his consistent, his performances since that time have been very inconsistent. Uh, he was not good with the national team when he was playing under Yogi Love uh, have not been a big fan of his performances in the Bundesliga. So uh, still a young player, still can get things together, but uh, he is now transitioned from being hot young prospect to, uh, you know, a player that I don't think a lot of people really know what they're going to get. Uh, in fact, I like to compare him to Nicholas Stark of Hertha Berlin because uh, both players were really highly regarded. Both were uh, good defenders. Both looked like they had potential to be breakthrough players on the German national team. Unfortunately, both had that opportunity uh, and, and both kind of flamed out. So uh, unfortunately for Jonathan Ta, you know, he is in a spot where he is going to have to uh, really look to get his career back on track if he wants to be included in the mix uh, for the German national team at some point in the future. But I, I just don't see it happening. I don't, I just don't think he's that good. So um, that would be one of the things I would expect Bayern Munich to try and exploit this week. I just don't think the Bayer Leverkusen back line is all that good. So when we think about this match, I think it really is going to be a battle of two electric offenses going at each other. The difference in my mind will be that Bayer, Bayern Munich just simply has a better back line and a more formidable midfield uh, in the duo of Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka. So, uh, you know, it, they're both good teams. They're both playing really well. Um, you know, and, and like we've talked about before, I mean, you have Verts on one side, who obviously one of the great young players in the league. On the other side, you have Jamal Musiala. And it will be, remain to be seen if Musiala starts. I would expect to see him in the game at some point. But it's really a, a good look at two of the best young talents in the league, if not the best young talents in the league. I mean, when I think of two players to lead the Bundesliga into the next generation, and I'm talking the generation that comes after 
Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka. We're already kind of transitioning from the Thomas Muller, Marco Royce, Mats Hummels, Robert Lewandowski generation to that next uh, level. I think that, uh, you know, that Florian Verts and Jamal Musiala are both capable of that. Of course, I would throw Erling Haaland in there if I thought he would uh, have a real future in the league. And, and maybe he might. Uh, you know, there have been some rumors <laughs> linking him to Bayern Munich, which if you want to get anyone fired up, just mention that and you get one half of the Bayern Munich fan base who are like, no way, it's never going to happen, blah, 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 blah. And you get one other half of the fan base that basically says, well, let's hold our horses. Maybe something could happen. I like to refer to them as dreamers, and I include myself in that mix because I do see some scenario in which you could see Holland at Bayern, but uh, I don't want to get too far off the topic and just want to just say, like, the admiration I have for watching both Verts and Musiala is is off the charts. I think they're just both fantastic players. I'd love a chance to see Musiala get a start in this match and also for Verts to get a start. It would be great to see them go full 90 minutes and, and go at each other. It would just be a lot of fun, but I don't expect that to happen, and it won't be Bayer Leverkusen's fault. I think that Musiala will start this one on the bench for Julian Nagelsmann. So that'll lead me to a guess <clears throat> at Julian Nagelsmann's lineup, and it, it is so hard from week to week to figure out what this guy is going to do. Just when you think you have a handle on how he's going to set his team up, uh, he switches things around. And I was getting into the routine of thinking we're always going to see that 4-2-3-1 because he had said he was going to commit to that formation, that there was nothing wrong with how it was working and that, you know, why basically why break, uh, why break something or, you know, whatever the saying is, it's late enough. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it essentially. So, uh, you know, with Nogglesman, you know, while I still – kind of tend to think he's going to go with that 4-2-3-1. He has shown this propensity to roll out that back three and basically call it something else. Uh, he'll put it on the lineup. She's a 4-2-3-1, and then we will start watching the games. And, you know, I'll be damned. It sure looks like a back three with a couple of wing backs. So uh, that's always a, a possibility for Nagelsmann, and it always makes predicting his lineups incredibly hard. So I'll give it my best go here. I'll go with Manuel Neuer in between the sticks. I'll go with Nicholas Sula and Dio Upamakano at center back. I think Luca Hernandez is going to get this day off. The recent news about him being summoned to Spain for a prison sentence, uh, not that many people at Bayern Munich seem to be treating it very seriously, but I do believe there are probably some implications that could cause him to be distracted, at least at this point. So I would expect to maybe see him as a sub at best. Uh, the only caveat I would say is we still do have uh, the chance that Alfonso Davies could be a little banged up or tired from his international break with Canada. Of course, I'm recording this on a Wednesday night and Canada had just finished up playing. So Fonzie is not going to have a great amount of rest or recovery before he heads into the weekend. So I know this is a Sunday game and that uh, the possibility that he would be ready is it's, it's you know, it, it's not on, it wouldn't be uncommon for him to be ready for this match. But again, I think when you look at things at a club like Bayern Munich, you have to look at the long term. and uh, you know, 
it would make sense to me to maybe rest him. But at the same time, you've got Hernandez going through this. So I'll just predict Davies gets the start at left back. Uh, at right back, we will not have Benjamin Pavar. So I'm going to go with Josip Stanisic. And I know that's an unpopular pick at this point, not because of Stanisic or his performance, but just because most people would expect to see Sula at right back and Hernandez on the pitch. I don't know. I mean, I could see Nagelsmann pushing Sula out to right back, especially because this is Leverkusen. Uh, and, you know, a lot of managers might not be a fan of playing a right back like Stanisic, a young kid who maybe hasn't been quite on this stage before, but I think this is about as good a time as any is to really test him against a quality team and see how he handles it. I think he, you know, he's been very good so far this season. And, uh, you know, I personally would just be a little worried about where Hernandez is mentally and, you know, how he's dealing with all this. And even if people aren't taking it seriously, it's still out there. It's still an issue in Spain. Otherwise we wouldn't have seen that news. Uh, as far as the central midfield goes, I would go with Yashua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka. It will be yet another match where Marcel Sabitzer will be scraping by with some, uh, I don't want to say garbage time minutes, but that's essentially all he's been getting. So uh, I would expect to see Sabitzer in the game at some point, but probably not for significant minutes. Uh, in front of the double pivot of Koretska, Goretzka and Kimmich, I would expect to see Thomas Muller because he has just been excellent. Uh, as you could see over the international break, which we'll hit on in the weekend warm-up podcast, uh, when we record that, uh, Muller is in great form, just has been phenomenal this season. You know, it, it's funny with him because he sometimes is prone to having these games where he disappears. And then you start to, to wonder, like at times during the game, wow, it just looks like he's off. He's not quite finding those spaces that he usually does. He's not able to create as much. And then out of nowhere, he'll come and do something that you didn't see coming. And it's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, for all those people that have written him off over the year, he really has to feel vindicated because that that is a guy who took a lot of flack. He, he really, really did. Um, he probably didn't take as much as Timo Werner does these days, but uh, a lot of people gave Thomas Muller guff over the years and called him washed up a couple of seasons ago when, in fact, he was far from it and still has so much to offer. Uh, just a brilliant, brilliant player. So I would expect to see him out there on the wings. Uh, again, you could see a player like Musiala, but I don't expect it. I'm expecting to see Sané, Leroy Sané and Serge Gnabry. Uh, it just seems like Nagelsmann wants to get these two established and get some playing time. I think Nagelsmann knows they've both been playing well under him of late, and he wants to keep that going. And I think with Musiala, he's such a game changer that it almost makes sense to use him off the bench because it's not just his pace that creates a problem. It's his dribbling. It's his shooting. It's just everything about him. It's, it's that gangly uh, form that he has. Like he, it, Sometimes when he dribbles, it looks like all of his limbs are going in different directions, but he makes it work, and he is incredibly hard to defend. I mean, you see some of the best defenders in the world having just their hands full with him. So, yeah, we'll see Sané and Gnabry, but at some point, Musiala will make an entrance into this match. And of course, at striker, the man who our own Philip Quinn referred to as having a midlife crisis this week is Robert Lewandowski. And of course, Lewandowski uh, made some headlines this week because he's reportedly frustrated about his lack of involvement in the offense. He was frustrated about 
losing his scoring streak, which I totally get. And, uh, you know, he was not happy that Bayern Munich was linked to so many young strikers in the transfer market. So, uh, again, this is the kind of thing that happens with Lewandowski every few years. Uh, I think he is a guy who was, we always talk about how driven he is, right? And, and this is a person who has pushed himself to the limit and really risen much higher than anyone could have ever figured for him when he was a young player. Uh, but when you are that intense and you are that focused on your career and your game and your evolution as a player, all of those little things, even though they might not be loud, they might not be prominently displayed or talked about by your immediate company or the people surrounding you, they're out there and these players see it. They see the rumors, you know, and then they're in the locker room and they're on the pitch and, you know, they might, someone like Lewandowski, I always feel like for as confident as he is on the pitch, there's always a bit of insecurity that goes with people like that, that are so focused and so great. And, you know, that insecurity is part of what drives them to be great. So, yeah, I'm sure that when he lost that scoring streak, he was pissed. I'm sure that he wants to be more involved in the offense because, as we know, he thinks he should touch the ball in every possession, which he should. He is the best player on earth these days. And, you know, I'm sure it's annoying that he sees Erling Haaland or Kareem Adeyemi or Timo Werner or whoever linked to Bayern Munich because he is that good and he probably cannot understand why he hasn't already gotten a contract extension offer uh, sent over to him. So, yeah, I get it. There's, I don't doubt that he's frustrated, but I think he's going to come out and just show the world once again what he does and how he does it and why he's the best at what he does. So that's my lineup. I really don't think that Bayern Munich is going to have too much trouble with Leverkusen in this one. I'm not saying it's not going to be a good game. I'm not saying it's not going to be competitive. I just think Bayern Munich is a step above Bayer Leverkusen at this time. I think that it's going to be a 3-1 game. I think Lewandowski's probably going to put in a brace. As for that last goal, that's hmm, tough. I'll say Thomas Muller. I think that the Wings won't be quite as productive with goals and assists this week, but it doesn't mean they won't be disruptive. And uh, it's kind of funny. Like right before I was about to record this, I was going back and forth with uh, Tom Adams, our tweetmeister and my sometimes podcast co-host, one of our great writers on the site. And Tom was kind of, he kind of made me laugh because apparently our Bavarian Football Works account is blocked by Bayer Leverkusen, which I have no idea why we're blocked by them. It's really kind of funny. Uh, I think that as a site, we're not like one of the sites that goes out and we attack people and we we look for things at clubs or players to really go after we we actually kind of handle things pretty diplomatically with the other clubs in fact uh some of the bundesliga clubs including Bayer leverkusen really interact with us well in other mediums so you know like we'll be sending one of our staffers over to germany soon to to work with leverkusen at an event so uh we've got a pretty good relationship so i thought it was kind of funny we were blocked by them uh <laughs> just kind of one of those funny things that uh that kind of happens you know, of course, it was either probably me or I need no name who caused that block. And uh, unfortunately, we'll never know the reason why, but uh, <laughs> it had to be something one of us said or did. But uh, it's OK. We still love uh, we still love Leverkusen. They actually have a, a terrific Twitter account. You really should follow them because 
they put out some really funny and great stuff. They're very witty. Uh, and that's one of the things that uh, I really like about the club is they allow their social media people to really interact and really uh, engage with not just fans of their team, but fans of football in general. So I think they do a great job with it. Unfortunately, we're blocked. Hopefully we get unblocked soon enough, but uh, you know, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> we'll have some fun with that over the coming days, I am sure, but that'll about do it for the preview show. Appreciate you listening. Uh, it's always great to do these and engage with you guys. So, um, you know, please uh, let us know how we're doing in the comments uh, and uh, give us some feedback and ideas and tell us what you think. Because honestly, we really do value it. So, you know, you can catch all of the latest and greatest Bayern Munich and Germany content at BavarianFootballWorks.com. You can get me at the Barrel Blog. You can get the, the site account at BavarianFBWorks. You can get Tommy Adams at his personal account at TommyAdams71. You can get Jake at Jefferson Fenner. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. And uh, thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in for the weekend warm up when we release that podcast. Usually comes out early Friday mornings, East Coast time in the US, uh, because I can assure you I have some. Uh, I have some thoughts on the Robert Lewandowski events from this week. I have a lot of thoughts on the Timo Werner goals for Germany, which I am sure you guys knew I would hit on. So that'll be some fun. We will have a good time with that. And uh, thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.